It's contest time for all of our listeners in North America. Last month, we gave away DVDs to our listeners in Europe. So here's what you need to do. Between March 8th and March 21st, make sure you're following us on either Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And to every day, retweet or repost something from the Comics in Motion feed using the hashtag Section 12. You can retweet or repost as many times as you want between March 8th and March 21st. And at the end of that time, two winners will be drawn at random to earn free comics from our greatest sponsor ever, Lenovations Press. Follow, retweet, hashtag Section 12. Good luck. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Comics in Motion podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Comics in Motion Falcon and Winter Soldier special. So we're going to review episode one. And what I can say to you, Chris, you've been dying for this one to come on. What did you reckon to it, that opening? Right, this has not been disrespectful to anybody, any of our Comics in Motion family, Dave, because I love all of them. And I know that WandaVision was absolutely well received. First two episodes, I didn't really enjoy it. I thought it's just gone on too long. I still stand by the first two episodes that have been just one. But as it went on, I really enjoyed it. I did. I said it a couple of times when I came on on these specials that were running. And, And I really, you know, by the end of it, it was great. It really was. It opened everything out. It really told Wanda's story. And we had the whole Vision stuff and all that. And obviously the the resurrection that Dave... Within five minutes of watching this, I am like, this is fucking miles better in my opinion because for me personally, this is what I want out of a superhero movie. It had, it was almost, there was different nods to different things or I saw different, even Superman 3 was in there, Dave, when they were playing, he was chasing after uh, Robert Vaughn with the, the missiles at the end when he's trying to go for that supercomputer he's built and that. There was just <laughs> right, yeah, daft yeah. little things. There was nods to the Transformers. I think it's Transformers 3 where they drop down into the city that's been, the Decepticons have got the, the whole of, I don't know if it's Chicago or something, but they've got it on lockdown and they have to come in in them big suits they've got on and everything to flying down. So really, really enjoyed it. And I think what's interesting is Anthony Mackie's a great actor anyway, but he's got that bit of Marvel humour that they all have. And even, you know, Bucky Barnes has as well, you know, Sebastian Stan later on. But at the start, mm. it's brilliant. And, and what I would say at the start is, again, is George Batrock is, I've said it before when we did Captain America, I think it was Winter Soldier, is yeah. George Sampierre, GSP, who's the greatest welterweight uh, UFC fighter ever. So he, he's had a fight a couple of years ago, but he is Canadian, he's French-Canadian, he lives in Canada, and the accent's perfect, but what a perfect guy to do the martial arts. He's, he's like one of the best ever karate practitioners as well as MMA. So I love George Sampierre anyway, and, and I think he fits well because... Dave is one of the nicest guys you can meet, but quite a convincing bad guy as well. Well, for me anyway, but I, I love to start it. I thought he's brilliant. Yeah, now this one was directed by Carrie Scogland and written by Malcolm Spellman. So usually you see through the series, we might have some other directors and writers in there. But um, honestly, Chris, the, my only regret with watching this one is that I have to watch it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see this on the big screen. Yeah. Because that opening, I mean, actually, it starts off with quite a somber opening, doesn't it? You get Sam 
he's kind of thinking back to that conversation he had with Captain America, Steve Rogers, at the end of Endgame, and saying, you know, the shield feels like some someone else's, and you know, he's he, he just doesn't feel like he deserves to have it. Um, but when we get into the action scene, oh, I just it reminded me quite a lot of the start of Winter Soldier. You know, when yeah. Cap dives off uh, without his parachute. And also, Iron Man 2 sort of did the same thing, didn't he? Going yeah. into the expo, jumped out the back of the plane. So this is the third time they've done that kind of thing. But, yeah, I I had to say, Chris, I was thinking back to myself and thinking, you know what, when I was a kid, you know, the sort of TV shows I'd be watching, you know, on a Friday night, you know, The Fall Guy... A uh, bit of Dukes of Hazard. You might watch a bit of Wonder Woman. And when I think now that this is a TV show and it looks like this, it looks like a big budget blockbuster movie, doesn't it? Yeah. It doesn't look like something that should be a TV show. And I think this action scene to start off with was absolutely fantastic. Like you say, old Batrock the Leaper there, he, he was a callback to the Winter Soldier. We saw him. He'd been hired, hadn't he, by Nick Fury at the time. But he seems to be part of this group called LAF, who, got to say, Chris, no idea who that is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, th- there's no kind of callback to the comics that I, I'm aware of. Um, but I'm sure that'll unveil itself as the series goes on but i love the whole thing with the little you know the little wing suits the little yeah. f- sort of flying squirrel things absolutely unbelievable do you, do you think you'd ever have a go on those chris dave fuck off. i can't even dive yeah. into a pool let alone anyway I'd, I'd love to do skydiving but i've never never done it you know the parachute and that just at least once yeah. in my life but everyone says once you've done it it's amazing you get the rush but no, that is that is that, that's like when people have done thousands of hours of jumps, aren't they? I mean, I tell you what, I watched the other day, slightly off topic. Have you seen? It was done about a year ago. Tom Cruise with James Corden. No. Oh my god, you've got to see it on YouTube. Anybody listening? So, so James Corden, I love him in Gavin and Stacey. I've just done a full rerun, but he's a fucking bell end. He's he's so, people's arses. He's an absolute <laughs> yeah, yeah. creeping fucker. And I've read loads of bad things about him. He just really is not a nice guy. It's all, but he's a lovey. He's he's part of that whole fucking incestuous, you know, uh, fame fucking hungry person. He's got a great big show in America and all that. So he goes to a lot of like the actors and stuff. And he and he had this one with Tom Cruise. He meets him. And Tom Cruise says to him, and he's brilliant, he says, come on, we're going to go on a jump. And he's like, what? And he obviously knew before, because they're at a bloody airfield. And Tom Cruise takes him skydiving. So so James Corden's got a guy, he's strapped to a guy. And when he lands, it's fucking dangerous, James Corden. But Tom Cruise is there, Dave, on his own. No, pa- you know, with the parachute, but doing it all. He's got the full visor on. It's him doing all his stunts. This is just like a piss take, like skit. And Tom Cruise, and he, Dave... It's like, you are nearly 60. That guy is amazing. Absolutely. And I know Patrick Swayze was his influence. We said that with the Roadhouse. But yeah, just to yeah. see someone skydiving, because when Anthony Mackie jumps out the back of the plane, I'm thinking, I was thinking of Tom Cruise. I'm like, he's not done a Tom Cruise there, has he? Or is it CGI? <laughs> and he's, he's dropped about five foot or something, you know, like in a in a warehouse. He's probably done that. But yeah, Tom. when they say Tom Cruise does his own stuff, all that skydiving stuff he does, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. 
No, he he does. He think old Tom Cruise thinks he's a real life Ethan Hunt, doesn't he? <laughs> I think. Brilliant. I think he's just morphing into that character. But um, no, I, honestly, Chris, I, I I wouldn't do this fucking wingsuit <laughs> wingsuit thing either. I think skydiving with someone else in control. I think you know I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd probably still shit myself. In fact, there's no probably about it. You would, but, I would. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but but the action just looks so good. There was only one bit where they they were in one of the uh, one of the helicopters and the camera let's say, was looking across to the right, you know, with the hostage and, and the uh, LAF guys. And then Sam's supposed to have flown in, you know, to the side of the helicopter, and the camera pans left, and he's just sort of stood there, <laughs> you know, as if he's just landed. But I just thought it looked bad. It reminded me of Batman 66, you know, yeah. the movie, yeah. where, <laughs> where Robin's looking over. And, and Batman just pops up, but he's like, <laughs> he's right next to him, so he couldn't have possibly not seen him. Yeah. I, I was thinking, if Sam had flown in, his momentum would still be carrying him forward a little bit, but it's the fact that he's just kind of stoically stood there. So yeah. that, that was the only bit that I thought was slightly off, and I'm properly nitpicking there, because honestly, Chris, this opening scene looked amazing. And we get introduced to another character. We get introduced to his mate on the ground, don't we? So this is Joaquin Torres. Yeah. Um, and in the comics, so I've, I've told you before on probably multiple podcasts that, that Sam does become uh, Captain America. I think it's about 2015-ish. He does, you know, pick up the shield and uh, Joaquin Torres becomes the Falcon. You know, so ah, you, they right. kind of team up a little bit. So I don't know. It, it's a bit like One Division. You know, you, you've got things that happen in the comics. That doesn't tell us exactly what's going to happen here. It could just be like a little Easter egg. Just that you know, uh, this is a character from the comics. Doesn't mean he's going to become the Falcon or anything. But uh, yeah, it's good to see. You know, you've got the familiar, haven't you, with yeah. Anthony Mackie, and uh, you've got obviously. Um, Sebastian Stan as well, but you're getting new characters introduced as well. And um, yeah, I think for me, Chris, this opening action scene was 10 out of 10, apart from that silly little bit with uh, yeah. in the helicopter. But I'm, I'm forgiving that. You also got Red Wing there. You know his little uh, his little buddy. You know he gave Jumped up. Jumps out. If yeah. You notice. Yeah. Yeah. Came off his back. Gave a little bit. It was like R two D two noises. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in the again in the comics, you know, Red Wing's an actual Falcon, um, but it totally makes sense for this. You know, to to have him as a little kind of help, a little gadget, a little helper buddy, and. Um, yeah, and, and we get, after that whole action scene, we get a little bit of a quieter moment. And I thought, again, this, this episode brilliantly balanced out the action with the quieter moments as well. You know, yeah. so we get uh, Sam's trying to fix Red Wing. And it's clear that it, it, in this, uh, so, so the episode's called New World Order, isn't it? So in this world, after the blip, you keep getting like little references back to the blip, you know, when Thanos basically got rid of half of the people for for five years. And so now in this post, you know, everyone re-coming back in this post-world, you everyone's just trying to get used to it again, but it's not like it was pre, 
the Thanos snap and um you know you can see that Joaquin he's he's liking all these conspiracy theories I don't know if you notice he talks about the flag flag smashers I heard him say I didn't know what that that meant yeah I didn't know what that meant yeah so again the so flag smasher is is a character in the comics and basically he's a bit of an anarchist and I think I think in this story they're they that's what they are isn't it they're anarchists they don't believe in borders um going full on john lennon (laughs) yeah Uh, imagine there's no countries so i think you know they're gonna play out and and so i like the little use of augmented reality in there to show how that that's all working but and and then you know after that you get basically sammy's handing the shield over again he has that little bit of a uh, a little bit of humour in there, taking the piss out of Steve Rogers standing there stoically, <laughs> um, and then and then he has a, a chat with Rhodey, doesn't he? You know, so it was good to see him showing up. It was, to be fair, and, and he's as it's gone on. Don Cheadle, I know he t- he took over from oh, the guy out of Empire, wasn't it? Um, but he wanted top billing after the first Iron Man. Um, I should know that by now. Oh. oh. I, I can picture him, but I can't remember his name. Yeah, he, um, we watched Empire a lot with the TV shots just finished. He was like the main guy in it. Lucy's thingy in that he was called. But anyway, Don Cheadle's got... So, a, hold on. I've almost got it. Almost there. Terrence Howard. That's the one. Terrence Howard. He was obviously more important than Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> or what he believes. But I still, I was still baffled by that. The fucking arrogance of it. <laughs> no, it's... Fucking bizarre, isn't it? But Don Cheadle, David, as Roadie, he, he's really good. He's got that humour again, the MCU, uh, MCU, MCU humour. The way he delivers it, he's perfect. And it's good to have him in there as well. Again, like you say, it's familiarisation of, of the fact that he does work for the government. You know, uh, Falcon's working for them as well. You know, Sam's working for him, which is great. And then from there is when we get, you know, he gives the finger away, doesn't he? Is this when he gives the shield away at this point? Was at the start. I can't yeah, remember. so that, he's basically he's handed the shield over to the Smithsonian. He he's obviously he's come to the conclusion, despite the fact that Steve Rogers wanted him to be, you know, to carry the shield next. He just, I, I think, he just doesn't feel worthy of it. So yeah. he's handed it over to the Smithsonian, and and you know they're having a bit of a walk around there. And again, we've seen this through the Cap trilogy, haven't haven't we? You yeah. Know, these little callbacks, the, the artwork and all the little boards and signs up and everything, I thought was fantastic as well. Yeah, it was. And, and I think this is when we get to meet Bucky. So so he's full on Winter Soldier at this point. We, we, I'm thinking, hang on a minute, what's happened here? So I'm thinking it's current and he's he basically going around this hotel. Just as He grabs somebody through a wall, just starts absolutely nailing everyone, killing them. And then it culminates where the, there's an Asian guy there who's obviously on some sort of conference for work. And it, it looks like he pretty much he kills him. We don't see the bullet go, but he, he's just putting a key mm. in his room. And then what was interesting, we then fast forward and, and he realised it's a flashback that he's having. It's a nightmare. He gets out of bed and he's like, well, he's laying on the floor and he's like, he sees his arm and everything. And then he goes to see the, the, the psychiatrist who basically is like, so, Mr. Barnes, have you had any nightmares recently? And he's like, yeah, James, have you had any nightmares? And he's like, no. And she went, I know what you're lying. And, and she starts taking a piss about like his phone and everything. He's going, he, the only person in his phone is Sam who contacts him. Like, I'm the only person you've rang. And it's this whole 
because at first I was thinking, he can't be a baddie. We've seen, it's, it's only six months after end game. And it mm. makes sense. He's trying to make amends for who he is and what he did, you know, because he doesn't, he was under control, wasn't he? But he said, I have, I've had 90 years of being an assassin. I want to make amends. So, so the next step is, there's an old Asian guy with this other lad and, and they're arguing over the bins that the young lad's putting, his bin, and I've seen that day with my neighbours, putting bin bags in his bin and it's kicking off and the old bloke <laughs> tries to chin him and Bucky's there breaking it all up. But I at first, because, you know, Bucky's over 100 years old, I think he said he's 106 mm. in this, I thought, yep. is he some ex-war? Because he looks like late 80s, this guy, doesn't he? Mid-80s, maybe 90-odd. Mm. And he mentions yeah, 90. Yeah. And I'm thinking, is this someone who he served with literally, or did he help rescue in World War uh, World War Two? it would have been, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, with Cap and that, but no, what we find out then is that he's actually the dad of the Asian lad who he's killed and it's on his like little black book of amendments. So he's, he's befriended this old guy who lost his son. So I thought, I, th- I think... I think the thing is with Bucky, and I know it, with him, they've both got such great story arcs, Dave, that are interwoven. Yeah. And I've read that they, they were trying to play on films that I love, like 48 Hours, Lethal Weapon, Rush Hour. The, the, I mean, the Defiant ones, I've never seen. That's from the 58. But three great movies that I like, especially Lethal Weapon and 48 Hours. It's that buddy cop thing they were trying to go for, Dave. You know, with the, like yeah. um, trying to play on that dynamic. So, yeah, really, 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 really strong uh, that, this is like halfway through, but everything about it, all the acting and the delivery, like you say, the special effects, how the hell is this a TV streaming show? It's so good. And, and again, Dave, like we always say about Daredevil, this is like that same amazing production value. You know, I know that was a Netflix, mm-hmm. um, you know, Marvel property, but this has just got everything for me. I, I really, I am absolutely chomping at the bit for the second episode. And... They've done completely different than what they did be pissing Wonder and all the others. They've only released one episode because it's only six part of this. So I'm like, oh, you yeah. bar, you're absolute bar stewards. So, so um, next week we will get the second. But yeah, that, honestly, so far in this episode, I was just like, oh, this is just absolutely me 101. You know, I was thinking, if, so this is 42 minutes with the credits in as well, isn't it? So yeah. I was thinking... With six episodes, after we've watched all of this, it'll just be about as long as the Snyder Cut of Justice League. I was going to say that. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say, actually, that the credits were as long, made it as long as the Snyder Cut, Dave, because that's usually what happens. <laughs> but um, I think it's a great call-out with Lethal Weapon. I, and when Bucky's actually talking to the psychiatrist, I'm just thinking... This is kind of Martin Riggs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's getting a psycho pension. Um, yeah, and, and I, I agree. I love the humour in it as well. So, you know, he's clearly lying to her. And, you know, so she starts writing down. He's like, oh, it's passive-aggressive, that. You know, yeah. <laughs> just all his little sort of quick comebacks and things I, I quite enjoyed. And the fact that, you know, he's got these three steps to redemption kind of thing, you know, he, he goes through these three steps and as he's talking through what they are, you know, don't break the rules, don't break the law, I think he, it's cutting away to seeing what he's doing. He's, he's obviously kidnapping this uh, these two people in this car. I think the second one was like, don't hurt anyone. He smashes someone in the face. Like, you know, he's like, yep, yep, did that as well. And, you know, and then you see it at the end, he's like, hi, I'm Bucky Barnes. I, I want to um, apologize for my time as a Winter Soldier or, or whatever it was he said. And I just thought that was fantastic. 
and I'm with you. I kind of thought the kind of old Japanese guy. I thought he was going to be like a, a, a war buddy or something like that. But you can see he's he's obviously not just become friends with him because he's a grumpy old man, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and you see that with his his uh, fiercely guarding his trash can. Um, but the other guy seemed a bit of a tool as well, didn't he? I can't remember what he said his name was, but he was like, the U stands for unique or No, yeah, or unique. Like that. That's what he said, unique. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he must be so, coming in it. it maybe, maybe. But I, th- I thought it was just like a... a a show that this is a grumpy old man and uh but i like that interaction this little bit of dialogue uh with him but you know at some point he's probably gonna have to tackle that you know conversation where he he admits that you know it was the winter soldier all along <laughs> <laughs> let me put my mask on if you do a clark kent but he's fucking thing is though to be fair the winter soldier was ahead of his time dave because in covid times he, he, nobody fucking know who would be but i think i think like he goes on obviously the old guy props him up for a date. He goes with this uh, Asian girl, really pretty girl as well, lo- lovely looking girl. And they go on this date. I was thinking I could do with this old guy. I, I need yeah, an I'm... old guy as a wingman. Yeah, just, I was thinking... just like... <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking that, Dave, actually. No, I wasn't. But, you know, I'm just, you know, if, if I was single. But no, no. And he's like, he wants to go on a date. And I go, yeah, I'll, I'll meet tomorrow. The daft thing is, he's got a fucking mechanical killing machine arm, aren't he? Yeah. So he's like, he's got gloves. He's like, why are you wearing gloves? Oh, I've got poor circulation. I'm thinking that's going to be a hell of a conversation to have at some point when she realises. But this, like you say, Dave, this is setting the table for what's going to come in the second episode because it's, there's loads of action in this and loads of different things because Torres, he's now in Switzerland. He's going after this LAF, um, this LAF, the flag smashers, sorry. Yeah. Meets up and infiltrates them as if he's, Thinking now, I've got to be honest with Torres. It, this is like almost like what was your plan? You always say it, Dave, but what was your plan? Yeah, what were, what were you going to do after that? Yeah, he, <laughs> he puts the face masks on, and and they get called over, and then all of a sudden the bank gets robbed, and because there's so many people with face masks, different people are grabbing the money or whatever they've got, and then he decides, I've not got. He goes, I've got no jurisdiction, but you're under arrest, and this guy just turns around and just fucking hammers him, doesn't he? <laughs> and he's got that Steve Rogers type superhuman strength Annie Dave so so it's something yeah yeah so I mean there is something there and he, he calls Sam doesn't he and he's telling him about it and you know Sam's saying I thought you were just monitoring chat rooms and he's like well you gotta get your feet you know get, get your hands dirty a little bit um but yeah he definitely uh had superhuman powers this guy didn't he and when Torres starts to say to Sam you don't think and Sam's like, no, no. And I don't know what they're hinting at there. And it did occur to me, because, I mean, the whole show is called Falcon and Winter Soldier. I didn't expect that kind of straight off the bat they would be leading completely separate lives. I thought, you know, in the first episode, we'd see them together because we kind of saw them, you know, at the end of Endgame, they kind of teased, like, who's Cap going to give the shield to? And they were both there, weren't they? Yeah. But the fact that they are separate and the fact that, you know, that there's this hint, like, you don't think... I think that here, that conversation was, you know, you don't think that's the Winter Soldier and he's gone bad again. 
because I, I don't think Sam ever really had the faith that Steve Rogers did that Bucky was redeemable. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I think, i tell you what, one of the best interactions I thought in this whole show, which grounded it a lot, was when Sam went to see his sister and she don't yeah. give a shit that he's been fighting Thanos and fucking everyone and all this other stuff. He, you know, he went for five years. Obviously, she's relieved, but she's had to do this fishing trolling business that they've got that was left by a mum and dad. Mentions that her dad was... I mean, is Sam's dad some, like, ex-superhero, Dave? Because she was like, he was such a man. There was some dialogue she said to him about what I'd, you know, tell people. I'm aware of. Yeah, it's not that I'm aware of. It was a weird thing. It was, it was almost as if he was a superhero the way... I mean, obviously, I know that like you say your parents are, like your heroes usually and stuff, but it was really interesting piece of dialogue because I was thinking, oh, I'll have to have a look at that. But I love the fact that even though he's been this absolute, like Steve Rogers and lovely guy, as soon as he gets into the family politics, he's like, it's half my house, it's half my boat, we're not selling it. And I'm thinking that is the sort of shit that every family goes through, when, unfortunately, when there's, there's someone passes away, Dave, isn't there? Someone's mm. like, oh, that, that's half mine, you can't do that. You know, and yeah, yeah. I know it sounds really stupid and it, it doesn't mean anything, but it just grounds Sam and gives him a bit more development then he's not just this you know absolute focused soldier he goes back to where he, he, he was grew up and the, the whole loan scene was brilliant that bank manager was a wanker what he'd sell for, i was laughing at that bit i was like oh <laughs> fucking brilliant he, he played a good douchebag didn't he I mean, yeah he's there trying, he's there wanting to get selfies so he, he wants something from him but you know he's not prepared to to budge an inch and I don't know if it was meaningless at all. I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought the way that it balances the extraordinary, you know, all these action scenes and everything with just the ordinary life, you know, and the bank manager asked something which I'm sure we're all <laughs> we're all wanting to know. How do the Avengers actually make money? Yeah. You know, surely they don't have day jobs, you know, or they don't seem to. I think in the comics, Tony Stark does bankroll the, the Avengers, um, but you know, Sam talks about goodwill and what have you. I I wonder, Chris, how head on they're going to tackle racism in this show. Don't know because I I I couldn't tell if the bank manager was you know he, he was just playing it by the book and these are the genuine rules or you know I I just think at the end of this show. We get a white Captain America, don't we? Yes. Yeah, we do. So, and and I don't know if Disney will actually tackle it or not, but I think, you know, having a black Captain America, I, I, I don't know if they're going to, you know, bring that up and, and the fact that, you know, there'll be certain people, certain douchebags who will be completely anti that. Um, but I, I couldn't... His sister said something like, it's funny how, um, you know, the rules change when we get here or something like that. I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah, I, I picked it, up it, on that. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. it. Is that where they're going to take this series? You know, because I think you just think with Disney as a business, they, they want to appeal to the most people don't they um and so i, I don't know whether I, i'll be impressed i'll be really impressed if they tackle some hard issues in this series no me too and i've mentioned this before it's another film that anthony mack is in there i said it to you it's actually on apple 
uh, TV and it's with Samuel L. Jackson and it's amazing. It's a true story because it reminds me, this scene reminded me of slightly, it, it, basically it's called The Banker and Anthony Mackie and Samuel L. Jackson are two really clever businessmen who end up, I don't really want to ruin the film, but, it, but basically it's, it's set in like the 50s where there's completely inherent racism and stuff. And it's mm. a true story and they basically buy the banks, but they get white people to front it as if they've owned it because they wouldn't have mm. uh, um, two black guys thinking it. It's a, Dave, it's a, I mean, it's a brilliant film. It's one of the best films I saw last year. Really good. Anthony Mackie is sensational and Samuel L. Jackson. If anyone gets a yeah. chance, please watch it. It's such a good film. But I agree there was some dialogue there with that. Dave, at the end of the day, you're always going to get someone like that anyway. Just go for it. You know, it's set up for the Falcon being uh, the first black Captain America on the screen. Do it. You know, it's just, I hope they do it and I hope they don't bottle it. I really do. Because really, mm. if you look at the characters and, and Bucky Barnes is he's on a real fucking long curving stoop to sort of redeem himself, Dave. It'd be a hell of a puss that he became Captain America with all these demons and all the stuff he's done. It's very rare that you get someone who's just basically gone round wantonly killing people, then turns good. Look what happened to Kylo Ren, Dave. You know what I mean? He's the best thing about the movies. <laughs> and he fucking killed the bastard at the end. And it was complete bullshit because Ray should have died in this if it was the same thing, but it didn't. But anyway, so so I hope they do and I hope they tackle it. And, and I, re I really agree with that. And obviously... He's given the shield and that to this Smithsonian uh, Museum. They, they were going to keep it as a preserve. They've got the suit there. And out walks a fucking Poundland fucking Captain America. And he's watching it with his sister. And she's like, and you know, straight away, I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, Chris Evans, he's a great looking bloke. He fits the suit <laughs> perfectly. And he's a good looking guy, Chris, Chris Evans. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And then this guy comes out and it looks like I've put the fucking suit on, Dave. <laughs> But when it looks like cosplay, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It looks like someone you see at a Comic Con. And I'm thinking, oh my God. So so the character is John Walker, which you, we were talking off air before we started about you giving me some background on it and I checked on it. And he is a Captain America, but he was a super patriot. However, do you know who the guy is who's playing him, Dave? No, go on. So his name is Wyatt Russell. And I've seen him in a film called The Goon with uh, Sean... You know, him out of oh, Stifler. Stifler. Stifler, yeah. He's in that, um, and he's the bad guy in it. He's a, he's an ex-hockey player who's played professional hockey for years, but he's an actor now. And he's the son, Dave, of Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. So, um, oh, really? Yeah. So Wyatt Russell, I'm thinking, hang on, was that after he did Wyatt Earp? But he did Wyatt Earp early 90s. So whether that was the inspiration for Kurt Russell, we reviewed that on the VHS Strikes Back. But yeah, I thought it was a yeah. nice little... Little um, tidbit there, Dave. So I'm going to be interested there. How? Because he, it's weird because I had a massive crush on Goldie Horn for years, Dave. Bird on a wire. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, who didn't? Oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Wiggly's been on bread and water for <laughs> a long time. However many years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Always a great liked movie. it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I don't know what to say. I'd have thought, um, I, I'd have thought, the offspring of, of those two would be uh, quite dashing, but no, he looks like a complete tool in this. And and it's not a complete Captain America outfit. So he started off as the super patriot, and he was a bit of a baddie. And he ends up sort of taking over from Captain America, because basically 
in the mid 80s they give captain america a bit of an ultimatum he has, either has to join in the government or walk and he ends up walking so they replace him with john walker um but he's he just doesn't have the same morals as steve rogers you know steve rogers for all his you know uh, athleticism and and tactical awareness and stuff i think his morals the fact that he embraces America, the proper American ideals, not what America is, the ideals that America was founded on. That That is Steve Rogers' superpower. Um, and John Walker just doesn't stand up to it at all. He's more like the America that we've got. <laughs> you know, he's, he's more like your fucking Storm the Capitol type douchebag. Um, but he does kind of, he's not as virtuous as Steve Rogers, but he does become Captain America for a while. And then he, in the late 80s, he becomes the US agent. And again, sort of, sort of he's he's with the good guys, but he's more of an anti-hero kind of thing. He's not a very nice person. Um, and his, yeah, his outfit is a bit like that, that outfit we get to see at the end is a cross between the Captain America costume and the US agent, I think. You know, because it's, it's quite blue in the, in the, on the screen, uh, whereas it's really quite dark in the comics. But yeah, so it's going to be interesting how they play this up. Because again, who is this guy? You know, and we've seen with the Flag Smashers, we've seen there's someone out there who's clearly not just uh, been doing his press-ups, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, he's clearly enhanced in some way. This John Walker guy could be as well, and, and those two things might be linked. That's true. Ah, Dave. very Because he has got long blonde hair as well, unless he's cut it for this. So, yeah, that'd be a good... You know, like a Kurt Cobain-style haircut. Yeah, just, yeah. Just down yeah. to sort of your sh- sh- nearly shoulder length. But that's a great a bit of knowledge there as well. So, uh, no, I think, I think Dave, the, the episode, we know we're not scoring it, but the episode was brilliant. And I, I, I cannot wait for episode two. It's good. It's, this could be up there with the Mandalorian for me, Dave, already. And I, I know I'm going to love it if it carries on like this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think Mandalorian for me, it was very episodic, wasn't it? Wasn't there? There was a yeah. definite start and end to each episode. And then it was almost like a game. He gets to the end of the level and then he, he gets to the next level, which is next week. Whereas this is a, a longer form of storytelling, isn't it? So a bit more like WandaVision where you know there's, you know, well, in this case, there's six issues, six issues, six episodes. Um, so it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They haven't even met yet. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to find out what is going to happen next week. I, I just don't know. I agree, we're not scoring these, but for me, if we, if we were, this is Asgard all day long. And it's yeah, a- I really enjoyed WandaVision. Thought the, you know, the finale kind of let it down a bit, but, you know, they'd just gone into lockdown. So, you know, they, they had to cut their cloth accordingly. They had to make some creative choices that they wouldn't have done if if lockdown hadn't have been there so this one should have been the first mcu tv series you know but things obviously changed around with the pandemic and what have you so you know i think the cap captain america trilogy is the best trilogy for me uh, uh, of all time bar none and this 
it is the same tone. So I am absolutely bought into this. I, I couldn't have been bought in anymore. Absolutely loving it. I think it's fantastic and can't wait for next week. Me too, Dave. And I, I completely echo them sentiments because I would be sending it to Asgard already. <laughs> so uh, brilliant, <laughs> honestly. And I, th- I thank you for doing this today, Dave, because, you know, I've been chomping at the bit to, to do this as a series run, but I think we've got Mike and Megan on next week as well, haven't we? So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some more Falcon and Winter Soldier stuff as well on our good friend Brett Scott's podcast, aren't I, Dave? So, so that's going to be coming out hopefully this week as well. Yeah, so that'll probably come out on monday i think he drops them so that's marvel plus and yeah so he has different guests on each week and uh you know kind of recaps the episode and, and you know again gives gives his own spin on it so so that'll be good fun to listen to as well um and yeah i can imagine <laughs> there's going to be a lot of podcasts covering this chris oh god yeah i've seen some already today dave we've got him before us so yeah they, they, everyone's going to be covering it and i i like what we're doing though this episodic stuff if we can keep it going because once this finishes we're going to get a little bit of a break and then we go straight into loki in june dave so i'm definitely going to be doing that one yeah and of course we've got invincible comes out oh, this brilliant. coming friday yes so I think, I mean, we've seen, we've just done our spoiler-free review, haven't we? So we've seen the first three episodes. Um, don't know if Amazon are going to drop those first three, but uh, I, I've got a feeling, Chris, that's going to be a bit of a sleeper hit because very few people outside the comic world would have heard of Invincible. Um, but I think word of mouth is going to uh, hit big time with that one. Yeah, no, I do. We, we absolutely loved it, didn't we? So so honestly, guys, it comes out on the 26th on Amazon Prime. Please just watch it. It is, it's basically, I think I think we can say it's almost an animated version of The Boys. And if you like The Boys, then this is definitely for you because we loved it. Yeah, what, what a great time to be a comic fan, Chris. I know we're still in fucking lockdown. I could do with getting my hair cut, um, you know, and I'd <laughs> love to go to the cinema and all that stuff. But this week alone, you know, we've had the, the Zack Snyder's Justice League. We've had the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Coming up on Friday, we're going to have um, uh, Invincible that I just talked about. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so good so good mate honestly and, and you know me i've been dragged into this world i'm a superhero fan for the movies and tv stuff so it's brilliant and, and expanding your knowledge all the time there's some great stuff out there guys so no i really appreciate it and, and like we always say if you want to contact us at comics emotion p on social media if you want to email us the comics emotion podcast at gmail.com and if you do like our show or any of the other shows the guys do get onto your podcast catching up and drop us a review and we'll always read it out and we're always thankful when people do that because it helps us get up there in them charts awesome stuff Chris and obviously we're not going to discuss here but uh, I think Tuesday night we're going to uh, a few of us so you myself um, Mike Burton's going to be chairing it we're going to have Max and Steve on there as well uh, and we're going to be discussing Zack Snyder's Justice League aren't we so we'll keep our powder dry but it, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> it wasn't bad, Dave. It wasn't bad at all, my friend. <laughs> and on that note, on that bombshell, I'll speak to you next time, Chris. Take care, mate. See you, everyone. Bye.